0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good to be together. Um, Can this is out of batteries, Fidel? Can you come grab this from me? The little red light is on, so I'll talk here till it's ready. How are you guys doing? All right, we're going to be starting a new series today called Ordinary Heroes. Uh, So excited about starting a new series. It's always a great time to bring other people to the church so they can kind of catch up with what we're doing. Uh, Before we do that, though, I'm going to take care of kind of some family business. So I'm going to pray for our weekly offering, and uh, we'll be taking up that weekly offering. And uh, and as well as if you'd still like to contribute to special missions, we did that a couple weeks ago. We're collecting through June. We're really close to, to making our goal. Um, so let me get my paper over there that has that just a second. I'll tell you how much we have left. We are our goal is 134,000 and we are 122,000. So, really close. Um, this is a fundraiser we do every year. Uh, to, to We support uh, missions all around the world, especially particularly our church is responsible for churches in the Middle East and in Mexico and Central America. So, if you're uh, visiting with us today, we have that uh, relationship with those churches and they depend on us. So, that's why we raise this money uh, is to support new church plantings and ongoing mission work in those areas. Uh, So if you do contribute to Special Missions, just note on the memo of your check, this is for Special Missions. Basically, I think if everybody just gives something, I think we'll make it. So if you haven't been able to contribute to Special Missions, just please give something, and I think we will uh, make our goal and uh, be able to supply the needs that they have in those churches. So let's pray right now for our weekly offering, as well as for uh, the ongoing Special Missions uh, and the support there. God, thank you to be able to worship you today in song. Uh, Thank you to be able to praise your name with instruments, with our voices. Thank you to be able to listen to uh, your word at this time as we open our Bibles. And uh, thank you for how you speak to us in so many different ways. I pray that you'd bless this offering that would glorify you and that souls would be rescued from darkness through what we contribute right now, God. And I pray that our hearts would be in the right place as we give. I know the Bible says you love a cheerful giver. Help us to be cheerful givers. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, a few announcements here, and then uh, we're going to jump into uh, an interesting character from the Bible you might not have heard about before. Uh, we need to be praying for uh, Kelly Miller. She's recovering from surgery. I know some of us are taking her uh, some, some meals this week. Uh, she's doing well. We need to be praying for uh, Lisa Vincent's family. Her father passed away this last week. Uh, the memorial was yesterday. Uh, and uh, there's a, a regional service coming up on July 1st. So that's only a couple weeks away. We're going to be down in Long Beach again at El Dorado Park uh, with all of the, the family of churches that make up coastal, the coastal L.A. region of churches. So we won't have church here on July 1st. We'll be down there in the park uh, for worship service. Just kind of keep that in your calendar. And then Caleb mentioned this, but he's going to be getting baptized tonight. That's at 7 p.m. at Avenue C in Redonda Beach. So if you'd like to be there to support Caleb and his family, uh, that's going to be an awesome thing to get to uh, witness. Let's pray for these uh, these needs right here, and then uh, we'll get into our lesson. God, I want to pray for Kelly Miller. I pray that she would continue to recover from her surgery. Uh, thank you for the way that the brothers and sisters have already really been there for her. But uh, I know uh, whenever any member of our fellowship is suffering, we all suffer. And I pray for others who uh, are, are suffering or going through things in our fellowship, that uh, you would provide what they need. I pray for the Vincent family, for Lisa in particular. Uh, I know as we get older and as we lose our parents, it's, it's such a difficult uh, time, the grieving process that we go through, and I pray that we can really be there for her. Uh, thank you for the good, good father that you are. Uh, I pray that we could uh, learn more about your love uh, from your word right now and about our, our walk with you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So just, uh, Fidel, whenever you get the batteries in that thing, just bring it up to me, but uh, okay, uh, we are going to be looking at uh, a character characters in the Bible who maybe you haven't heard about before or aren't kind of the normal. You know, we hear about David a lot. We hear about Paul a lot. Uh, we hear about Peter. You know, some of the kind of main uh, stories in the Bible. But there's little, little smaller stories that sometimes we might not hear that much about. And, and really the cool thing about God is that he chooses ordinary people to do his work, doesn't he? Even the people that Jesus chose as his apostles... These are, you know, you imagine you are God in the flesh and you are going to start a movement that's going to change the whole world and overthrow the Roman Empire. Who would you pick? He doesn't pick the most, you know, educated, the most smart and good-looking and and athletic. He just chooses a a spectrum of super ordinary people. I think just to show us that you don't have to be anything special for God to really use you. And so this, uh, you know, some of you guys I know are, as I look out at the congregation, some of you guys are super ordinary amazing but a lot of us when we think about ourselves we think I'm just an ordinary person and uh, God loves ordinary people and wants to use us for great things. Uh, So we're going to be looking at a a character today that uh, you might have never heard about but he's associated with this verse that I heard all growing up and until this until I I looked at this uh, passage for this lesson I didn't really make the connection. It might be one of those things you know at my age sometimes I'll be watching a movie And I'm literally like halfway through the movie, and I'm like, I think I've seen this movie before. (laughs) But I don't remember how it ends, so might as well enjoy it again, right? Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at these days. You know, I can enjoy a movie completely new because I forget what happened. Uh, But so it might be that I don't remember this about this verse, but it's the verse... Uh, and without faith it is impossible to please God. How many of you have heard that verse before? Without faith it is impossible to please God. Yeah, we, a lot of us have heard that verse. And and it talks about faith as being sure of what we hope for, certain for what, of what we do not see in Hebrews 11. A little bit later it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Well, that verse is talking about a guy named Enoch. And I didn't realize that. And Enoch is this really interesting character from the Old Testament that we're going to be looking at. But turn over to Hebrews 11 and... Uh, And we'll look at this verse. Hebrews 11, verse 1. I'll put it on the screen as well. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So then in Hebrews 11, a lot of us know he goes through all these different stories of faith from uh, the Old Testament and some from even in between the Testaments, arguably, uh, some of the stories he tells uh, but So he goes, uh, verse 3, By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. That's Genesis 1, right? By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. So he talks about the story of Cain and Abel and what made Abel a person of faith. The next character he gets to is this guy named Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. But for beforehand, he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's cool to read the Bible in context. You know, when, when this verse that we all probably know, or a lot of us know about, without faith is impossible to be God, is talking about a man who walked with God. And that was his reputation as a man who walked with God. And it's interesting, it says he did not experience death. So he probably had no tombstone. But if he had had a tombstone, it would have said on it, a man who walked with God. That's the one thing that as, he, as people reflected back, they, that's what they remembered about Enoch. This is a guy who walked with God, and Enoch is really early in the, in the Old Testament. He's part of the, the portion of of, uh, of the Old Testament that we kind of call prehistory because it's before um, Moses. Mo, from Moses on, everything is is, is record and it's kind of uh, everything is recorded. But but before Moses, everything was 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 part of oral history, and so. Uh, we are we are not very familiar with what it's like to be in an oral tradition or an, an oral, uh, people who are, are are good with oral history because everything is, in fact, I feel like already our brains are starting to decay because we just have all human knowledge right in our pocket, right? So we don't have to remember hardly anything. It's all right there. But think about it, any other time in history, they, they, they remembered a lot of stuff. And, and the way that they passed things on was by being able to memorize, people would have the whole Old Testament memorized. Can you imagine that? And most most people even w- 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 who were educated would have at least the first couple, like if you were just an average student, okay, you have Genesis and Exodus memorized. You know, if you're better, then you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You know, that's just amazing. Uh, so, so people uh, at, at other times in history, why? They didn't have all these other things that we have and the, these other distractions that we have that we're going to talk about in a minute, but So so Enoch is part of these stories that were passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation, and when they remembered this line, this heritage, and these different men of faith, these men of God, what they remembered about Enoch was he walked with God. Wouldn't you want that to be written on your tombstone, or wouldn't you want to be remembered for that? Uh, I, I was at a memorial service yesterday for Lisa's father, and anytime you're at at a memorial service it makes you think about those things like what are people going to say at my memorial or what are they going to remember about me and uh, I hope we I hope you live your life that way you know not 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 kind of just in the rush of life but every once in a while you kind of stop and reflect and go what is what do I really want my life to be about and I think that's something we can really learn from Enoch and it's this really interesting thing about Enoch it says that he did not experience death in that verse uh Hebrews 11 uh Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. What a, what a strange and, and mysterious passage that is, isn't it? Uh, this is Enoch is a, is a guy who really captured the imagination of, of the Jews, and there was a lot written about him in the time in between the Testaments. Actually, a huge book called the Book of Enoch, and then there was second Enoch, and a lot about this character, and, and, and who he was, and what he did, and uh, it's hard to know what is actually historical and, and, and what is kind of, uh, you know, just, um, you know, added because it, it, some, of, some of it is a little fanciful, but he certainly captured the imagination of the Jews. Uh, just this idea that this guy never experienced death, and, and that must be true because that's in Hebrews, right? The inspired writer of Hebrews said this guy passed on, he just was transmuted into uh, whatever comes next without ever having to experience death. That's a kind of interesting thing, right? He, he, we know he wasn't resurrected from the dead because Jesus is the first one to have a resurrected body. So he just kind of, his spirit just sort of went away and, and who knows what happened to his body. Maybe he just sort of disappeared, we don't know. But that transition from life to death is such a mysterious thing. Even, you know, to anybody who's experienced losing someone or, or has been close to death, it's such a, a, a strange thing Um, we had a sister in our ministry who passed away a number of years ago and I was in the room when she passed Uh, we were singing songs around her hospital bed uh, you know and, and as we're singing swing low sweet chariot you know she took her last breath and just it was she was gone and it and the flatlined you know and it was just such a weird thing to be sitting in that room and just this person her spirit is now gone And she is somewhere else. She is with the Lord. You know, she was a faithful disciple of Jesus. And, you know, we're singing these songs about heaven and about, you know, passing on. It it was so bizarre to be singing, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. And then she's gone, you know. Uh, And it just makes you really think about this is such a temporary and such a passing, uh, such a fleeting life that we live. And so what really, really matters is where you stand with God and what, what, what really, uh, what your faith, where your faith is and where your relationship with God really is. Let's look back in Genesis at uh, what the Hebrew writer is referring to, Genesis 5. This is the passage that uh, the Hebrew writer is talking about. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Uh, When I look at this passage, one of the things, I'm glad we're looking at this on Father's Day. um, I think about being a father because when I first became a father, 19 years ago when Jameson was born, uh, Steve Forster, who was leading the ministry here, Uh, he told me, hey, go, go look at, at Genesis 5, 21 and 22 and, uh, and see what you think. And what he pointed out to me was, it, it mentions in verse 22, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. And, you know, I don't know if he was reading something into that, you know, but, but he was saying there's something about being a father that makes you understand God better. And I definitely agree with that. You know, becoming a a parent uh, help me to to understand who God is, that God is a, like a parent, like the perfect parent. Not, we all fail as parents, but God is the absolute perfect parent. And the way I feel about my kids is the way that he feels about us. And, uh, you know, I, I always will remember that and, and always will, will will remember how, you know, uh, when I think about my children and, and the dreams I have for them and, and you know, the aspirations I have for them and the love I have for them, that's how God is. You know, God is this perfect father and it helps you to walk with a God like that. But just a- as you reflect on, on Enoch and, and, and what was written on his tombstone, uh, what would you want to be said of you? Like if right now someone was choosing, here's what we're gonna put on you know, so-and-so's tombstone, what would you want it to say? What would you want it to reflect? Um, Moses was a guy who experienced a lot of, of people passing because he led the Israelites out of Egypt, but then they didn't get to go into the promised land, right? They had to wait until the next generation came to age and all the first generation was gone. So he watched all of these people pass from the earth before uh, they would were going to the promised land for 40 years. He's just Basically, they're just waiting for everybody to pass away. You know, that was interesting and strange time in, God's, in the story of God's people. But here's what, what Moses said about life. This is in, in Psalm 90. This is the only psalm that's recorded of Moses. And it says, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Gina uh, mentioned that verse. And then skipping a few verses down to, uh, to verse 10, it says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. So if you know about Moses, he got a little bit, a little bit bitter by the end, <laughs> you know. That was part of why he couldn't go into the promised land, because he got frustrated with the people, and he got a little, and you kind of see it in this, right? It's like, man, our life is toil and misery, you know. He, he wasn't, uh, you know, in the most positive spot, I think, when he wrote this psalm. And that's okay, sometimes you just got to be real with God, right? But here's what he says in verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think he's saying, teach us to understand time and priorities and what really matters. To you, God, a thousand years are like a day, but for us, it's so quick. So what really matters in our life? What what really is significant and what do we want to focus on? Is there anything, if you really think about that, is there anything more important than your own walk with God? I don't think there's anything more important in your whole life than your walk with God. And yet for all of us, you know, if you're new to the faith or if you're just kind of investigating Christianity, you know, this might not apply to you. You're just starting to learn about things. But those of you who are, are Christians or disciples, you know what the Bible says. You know what it means to have a walk with God. And yet so many of us, that's the first thing that goes, you know, is our quiet times, our, our prayer times, our are having quality time with God, really growing in your personal relationship with God, that's the first thing that Satan often attacks, isn't it? And so there's one thing I want, to, want you to take away with, one practical, and that is uh, give your best block to the walk. Give your best block to the walk. And What I mean by that is every day make it a goal to give the best block of time to your walk with God. For some of you, it might be the very first thing when you wake up in the morning. I want to give that, I'm going to devote that block of time to God. For some of you, it might be later in the day before you go to bed. But make a decision today, I'm going to give my best block to the walk. Um, you know, I've never spent quality time, you know, I've never taken a block of time and spent it with God, you know, going to, to have a prayer time. I'll talk about a, a little more practicals uh, of what kinds of things you can do in your walk with God. But I've never spent time with God for, let's say, I spent an hour uh, in prayer or something, and then later been like, man, that was such a waste, you know? So many things to do. That has never, ever, ever happened to me. I don't know if that's happened to you. I've never been like, oh man, I, I wish I hadn't spent so much time praying. I just got so many things to do, right? And yet, I definitely have watched a movie and been like, that was a waste of two hours. Or I definitely have, you know, just gotten caught up in looking at social media, and then it's like an hour goes by, and That was a waste of time what was i doing on instagram for that you know and it's just you just kind of keep scrolling right uh or or youtube they lead you the next one and the next one and oh what's this conspiracy theory or oh the illuminati is this or ancient aliens what you know they just kind of capture you right on youtube and just kind of start following these things and oh man i just wasted a bunch of time and nowadays i mean used to be if you wanted to watch a tv show you had to tune in at 7 o'clock on Friday night to watch, you know, Dukes of Hazard, and then The Incredible Hulk after that, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so nowadays, though, you can easily just binge watch an entire series, not just one season. You can watch a whole season and then another season and then another season, you know, and I know some of you guys have done that, you know. I know you have because I have, right? <laughs> I've watched, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you, know, uh, th- you know, say it's okay because I'm, I'm doing, you know, like yard work or laundry. And so then I'll watch. But then pretty soon it's like, I've watched seven episodes, you know, I'm doing. That's a waste of time, you know. So my point is that there's so many things that can just suck our time away. But we all know deep in our heart that our time with God is so important. And we can't let the urgent knock out the important. And we can't let the, the, the just meaningless knock out what's important. we got to keep what's important, important. And that's what I think what Moses was trying to say when he said, teach us to number our days. Teach us to keep what's important, important. Give your best block to the walk. I like this uh, idea of walking with God, that picture. What does it mean to walk with God? And uh, we don't know that much about walking nowadays because we don't walk very much. You know, it, it, like if you take the far parking space in a, in a parking lot, you know, it's like, man, I had to walk, I mean, you wouldn't believe how far away at Costco I had to park, you know, <laughs> and yet any other generation, like, like Josh is, I don't know, I don't see Josh, but he's over there somewhere, probably, he's about to graduate and go to uh, Santa Barbara, so, you know, in the old days, it'd be like, okay, Josh is going to go to Santa Barbara, okay, let's, let's, let's walk him to college, right, and We're going to walk for, I don't know how long it would take to walk to Santa Barbara, maybe three, four days. I don't, you know, that's just the way it was, right? For almost any other generation, Jesus and his apostles would just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. So when it says Enoch walked with God, I mean, everybody walked a lot back then. And you think about walking, if you're just walking for a long time, you you do have to, there's nothing else you can really do, especially back then. You know, there's no podcast, there's no iPod, there's no, it's just, you're just walking. And so you think about having that kind of, of, of time with God where you just you're just in it. You're just there with God. And you're kind of walking through, you're just experiencing whatever is passing you by. And personally, that's when I have my best time with God is when I am literally walking with God. Like I just something about just going for a walk that just helps me to to connect with God. My favorite thing is to be like in the wilderness somewhere, you know, like by the cliffs or Walking through, you know, and there's there's lizards and yeah, I see a snake and you know whatever. For my wife, she hates that, right? Because she's distracted by the lizards and the spiders and I might be getting a sunburn right now and you know that kind of stuff. So for her, she loves to just be in the room and you know with the covers kind of over her and and just spend time with God like that. That just makes me fall asleep and get distracted. So everybody has their own thing. I realize that, but for me, it's just getting out and walking. There's nothing that really helps me connect with God like that. And I feel like God speaks to me. And, uh, you know, I have a place of prayer that I go to uh, is up on this hill near my house. This, this, they call it, we've always called it the Mount of the Lord's Blessing because I didn't know what it was called. You know, when my kids were little, we, we named it like they do in the Bible, the Mount of the Lord's Blessing. So when my kids were little in elementary school, they'd be like, the Mount of the Lord's Blessing. You know, and the other kids are like, what? Uh, now I've just recently found out it's called Butcher Hills because they're going <laughs> to sounds kind of I think it's because it looks like a, a butcher took a slice of meat you know because it's it's kind of like this and then it's just cut off but it's called butcher hill that doesn't sound as cool so I'm just still call it the mount of the lord's blessing but anyway that's my spot I go to but I've been discovering something you know I can't always get up there and you know I was in downtown LA a lot while well, I was in jury trial and so I tried to go for prayer walks down there and I've tried to go for prayer walks in my neighborhood a lot more uh, so I can walk the dog and meet people and stuff and I've discovered an amazing tool for my prayer life because i need to if i just try to pray in my brain i just get distracted you know i try i know jackie prays on the treadmill i've tried that i, I just get distracted but you know that works for her she loves the treadmill so i've discovered this new thing i just thought i'd share it with you in case you want to try it it's this new tool it's these so i just put these on and i don't even connect it to anything this is connected to the holy spirit And then I can just go for a prayer walk. God, thank you for this awesome time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just talking, talking. And nobody thinks I'm crazy because I have these on. So everybody just assumes I'm having a conversation. So I can literally, I mean, I was like at the beach, like people are everywhere. And I'm just, yeah, God, I just really need this. And I'm just praying that blah, blah, blah. It was awesome. I'm like, man, I could have a prayer walk anywhere with these. So I thought I would share that with you in case you want to try that out. But do you have moments, you know, where it's just you and God, where you just feel like, I don't want to leave. You know, I just want to stay here, God. I just want more of you, God. I just want to be with you, God. It's not going to be like that every day, but if it's almost never like that, then there's, there's something wrong. You know, and if you find yourself, I'm, I'm threadbare, I'm scattered, I, I'm not on top of things, I've got piles everywhere I haven't gone through, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm stretched, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm, you know, if you're feeling those things, you probably don't have your walk with God where it needs to be. Because there's something about just getting with God that it just fills everything else up. It, 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 it makes everything else work. Uh, back in the old days, before they had ice makers, they would have this little tray called an ice cube tray. Some of you might remember that. But the ice cube tray was genius because it had all these little compartments for the different ice cubes, but then there was a little kind of channel through there. So all you have to do is fill one. You don't have to try to fill them all. You fill one and then it just goes to all the rest. You know what I'm talking about? That's the way your walk with God is if you give your best block to the walk, give your best block of time to the walk with God, everything else gets filled up. Everything else gets sorted out. Your marriage, your work ethic, your you know your kids, all your finances, all of that stuff. It, you got to start with that walk with God. A lot of us, we, we put... The, all these other things first. I don't have time to pray because I got this and I got to be here and I got to do that and I got this and I got this and you don't understand. I don't. And I have no time to pray because I have all of this stuff. Where God is saying, why don't you bring all that stuff to me and talk to me about it? I have some ideas about that stuff or I'll help your heart with that stuff. Or I want to take, the Bible says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about all that stuff, but bring it to God first. Jesus says, don't run after this, and don't run after that, and don't run after the other. That's what the pagans do, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Give God the best of your time. Give God the best of your energy. Give God the first block, the best block, give to the walk. Amen? And then all that stuff gets sorted out. When I was uh, at, at, at uh, working in, a, in an office environment for six years, I'm just sharing this to, in case you do have a demanding job. And, you know, I had a pretty demanding job. Um, I had to be there pretty early, and then I would get off. So in the, in the wintertime, it was depressing because I realized there were some days that I would not see the sun because I would go in, and it would be dark, and then I'm in my cubicle and I work at my desk and then I get off and it'd be dark. And I get off work and I'd be like, gosh, I never saw the sun today. You know, that was one of the things I totally remember when I was called to go into the ministry. Uh, I'm going to take a big, you know, I'm going to make about half what I'm making. <laughs> so that's a, a, a significant thing. It's going to have to change our life and all that. But I'm going to get to see the sun. I can go for a prayer walk and that's like my job. Wow, you know. And, but, but when I worked in the office... I realized that I was, I was, you know, I wasn't getting the time with God that I needed, and so I, I changed some things, and what I started doing is the first thing I would do, I'd go to the cafeteria and get coffee, and then I would sit at my desk, and I'm at my desk. You know, you got to be at your desk. They don't know what I'm doing at my desk, right? And, and my, my uh, thing was, if I spend time with God first, it's going to help my work anyways, because I'm going to pray about my work too. So I would get out, and I had this big you know, like a bullet journal kind of thing, but just a bit, I would order from the, the rec department, I would order this big book, just a blank book, and so I would start, and I would put in there stuff I had for the job that day, but I'd also put spiritual, stuff. I mean, it's all, to me, it's, this is my life, right, so I put stuff in there, and I would just spend time at my desk, just reflecting, praying, reading my Bible a little bit, and, um, and so I would just make sure I started my day out like that, and uh, and then, you know, throughout the day you get stressed out, you get frustrated. And so sometimes I would take what I called a prayer break. And, and my rationale there was there's all these people that go and take a cigarette break, you know, and you're, you're supposed to be able to get a cigarette break every so often. I don't know, probably not as many people do that nowadays, but, you know, they get 10 minutes and they take a, a cigarette break. And so I thought, well, if they need a cigarette break, I can take a prayer break. So I would take a little 10 minute prayer break. Sometimes I would just be so angry. I just got to go pray because, you know, something that happened on the job or whatever. And so I would just take a little lap around the, the, the area, you know, around the block and, and just pray a little bit. And then a lot of times my routine, at, what I started finding is I would get so sleepy at my desk at like 3 o'clock. So my routine was uh, I would eat at my desk at lunchtime. And then at 3 o'clock during sleepy time, uh, that's when I would take my lunch break. And so I would go to the cemetery because nobody was there really. And so I would go for a prayer walk for 20 minutes in the cemetery. And then I would take like a 40-minute nap. And, uh, you know, that was the best, (laughs) you know, I wake up and I'm recharged and it's like, you know, hey, Jesus took a nap in the boat. So, you know, it's spiritual. Uh, And so I I share that because I I had to develop a strategy because I realized I I was things were not working, you know, in in my job environment. I was getting my spirit was just getting squelched. Right. And, And I need I need more spirit, but I don't have a lot of time. So the point in sharing some of that is just so that you can figure out in, in your own life, what does it mean for you to give the best block to the walk? You know, at your job, in your situation, you know, you know what your job is, and God knows what your job is more than I do. But what would it mean for you to give the best block to the walk? You know, Jesus gave his best block to the walk. He was super busy. I mean, imagine it's on you to save the world. And, and you're surrounded by people who all, I need, I need, I need, heal, heal, get, you know, help, help, help. You know, just surrounded by the needs of everyone around him. In Mark 1, it records where the whole town came to him and he's healing them and he's driving out their demons and he's helping them. So he's just giving himself away. And that's what it says right before this. And in Mark 1, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. See, all the needs, right? Everything is trying to pull you in all these directions. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So Jesus knew he had to get away from all the busyness, all the things that were crying out for his attention. And he had to be still and hear the voice of the father. He had to get time with God. First thing, he had to give his best block to the walk. And, but that didn't end there. Like, I I believe that that's, there's a reason that Mark records next, that he says, I got to go to this city. I got to go to this city. Like God put on his heart to preach the word. God put on his heart what his mission was. And God will do that. He'll give you ideas. He'll give you, um, you know, strategies to win people. He'll he'll help you with who you need to be as as a representative of him. And so the second second thing uh, in, in short is a man who Enoch was a man who walked with God, but he's also a man who preached the truth. Just like Jesus' prayer life informed what he did, and so he went and preached the word. Enoch, we're gonna see also preached the word. He, because he walked with God, he preached the word. And when I think about this idea, I think about Kevin Maines. You know, Kevin Maines passed away last year. And, uh, you know, if you know Stuart and Olivia, I was thinking, let's give them a call tomorrow. You know, tomorrow's going to be, or today, I mean, t- today's going to be, I was thinking about this yesterday, but today's going to be hard for them. Uh, uh, but, but, uh, but Kevin, he, uh, he walked with God. You know, if, if you think about Kevin, that that is who Kevin is. But in his prayer time, he loved to go pray in the parking garage. And uh, so anyway it, you, you know where you go to be with God can be anywhere you know it could be a parking garage he loved to go down to where nobody is the bottom floor of a parking garage where nobody's around and it's in the dark and he would just pray to God you know in his car in his little Geo Metro his little red Geo Metro and he would always get a he'd always 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 prayed with a pen and paper and he he used to say that you know he's got to pray with a pen and paper because God would give him ideas and things and, and I remember you know you always knew when you got calls after Kevin had been with God, because, you know, in the morning, you know, he starts making all his calls, this is Kevin, just blah, blah, blah. and he has all this, his list and stuff, you know, that he got from God, and, and so I really believe that, that, that God will put things on your heart, God will give you a mission, God will, will, will give you what you need to, to do, and there's another a passage in the Bible that talks about Enoch, and it's in Jude, Jude, you might have never read Jude, it's really short, it's a really interesting little, little part of the Bible, Jude is short for Judas, but he started going by Jude. Judas was like one of the most popular names in the first century. But then it became very unpopular, and you can imagine why. So, so he's going by Jude now. But, uh, so this is a brother of Jesus. But he says this, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. And this is these, uh, well, I'll explain what it is in a minute. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. If you read Jude, what he's talking about, and it's really similar to what was happening in Second Peter, but they're talking about, excuse me, people who are infiltrating the fellowship, who were speaking false doctrine. And and we got to get these guys out. You know, these guys can't be allowed to be in the fellowship. They're they're perverting it. They're hurting people's faith. And, And so he says this interesting thing that Enoch prophesied about them. And what he means is like Enoch stood up for righteousness against whoever they were in his time. You know, we know Enoch's time is before the flood. Enoch was the great-grandfather or grandfather of noah i can't remember his great-grandfather or grandfather but anyway he was one of noah's ancestors so he was during that time period where there was a lot of wickedness on earth and here enoch is recorded as prophesying against all that unrighteousness and all that ungodliness and this is actually a quote from that book of enoch i was telling you about that was found uh in uh we they found a copy of it in ethiopia of all places in syriac uh, syrian language but uh it was in ethiopia so so jude is quoting from this book of enoch and uh john macarthur says if this quote is real then this is the oldest quote that we know of in in history uh of god's people right because enoch was before uh, oldest quote of prophecy uh because enoch was before moses and before abraham and before all of the prophets and his quote was basically judgment is coming it was his message Judgment is going to come. And of course, it did come later with Noah. But you and I, you know, we talked about this last week. You and I are sent with a message as well. And we talked more about it last week. Uh, you can, can listen to the, the sermon if you, if you want to catch up, if you weren't here last week. But every one of you, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are an ambassador. You are a priest. You are a minister. They're, we're all the same. We all have been sent. And so you got to ask God, what is my message? Uh, Enoch's message was, judgment is coming. Our message is, judgment is coming, and therefore, repent, <laughs> you know, there's good news. It's kind of, we, we, we have the gospel on top of that, it's not just judgment is coming, but judgment is coming, so let's repent and believe the good news. God wants to rescue us, God wants to save us, God is a good father and, and has a plan for us, but your mission begins with your prayer walk. That block that you give to your walk with God, that is going to be the beginning of your mission and who you are as an ambassador. Um, and and so God will give you a, a direction for the future. Our best days, if you're a disciple, have got to be ahead. They've got to be out our windshield and not in our rearview mirror. And I know the older we get as Christians, some of us, you know, uh, it was great to be with some old friends at the memorial service yesterday with Lisa and 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 you know to see some 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 good old friends and you know as time goes and you know we we were just at the baccalaureate yesterday for jameson jameson's graduating and we have others graduating we're going to kind of celebrate them next week but you know time passes and and we get older and 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 we can kind of get a little worn out and god is will fill us up and give us a new vision and a new hope and a new mission and a new purpose so our our best days are ahead and they're not back in the past amen Uh, i want to close with uh, teaching you a new song and uh Oh, I I want to mention one more thing, tell you one more quick story, and then we're going to sing the song. I, I really think if we are each giving our best block to the walk, it's going to change our fellowship. Because if each one of us is giving our best to God and learning from God, and God is giving us mission, God is giving us purpose, and we're learning things, then when we come together like this, we're all going to have something to share. We're all going to be like, let me tell you what God put on my heart, or let me tell you what I learned about God, or you know, it, it just makes the fellowship so electric. It makes the singing so electric. It makes our relationships deeper because we're all growing with God. And so then when we come together, it makes our relationships tighter and, and, and more vibrant. You know what I mean? When we're not giving our best, all of us, then we come together and it's, it's just, eh, we're okay, you know, we're just trying to hang in there, right? So, so this, if we just do this, if we just each give our best block to the walk, it's going to really change this church and it's going to really change South Bay community. In our own household, you know, Cora's really been working hard to give her best block to the walk. Cora just got baptized a few weeks ago, and, you know, last night she's like, okay, I gotta have my quiet time, and it's, it's like 10 at night, 10.30 at night, I gotta make sure I have my quiet time, and she's really trying to give her best, but I really appreciate that, it's, it helped our whole family to go, yeah, we, we all want to support Cora, and we all want to do our best, we all want to give our best block to the walk, and uh, it, it was cool, she shared something, this was right before she got baptized, that she got out of her quiet time the other day, she was like, dad, I have to tell you what I read in the Bible And uh, Cora has this this really cool bearded dragon, it's called. It's like this lizard that's like this big that she loves. She's raised it since it was teeny, and she takes really good care of it, and it just rides around and, you know, loves her. And bearded dragons are very, you know, they love their owners. And uh, and, and his name is Titus. So she loves Titus, her bearded dragon. So the other day she was reading in the Bible. She said, I read in the Bible, and it said, it said, God said, I sent Titus to comfort you. I couldn't believe it you know because that's exactly what he does he comforts me and uh you know she she knew she wasn't like okay this is a prophecy about this redhead girl in in the year 2018 she knew that but she just I love how she was personalizing the bible and I think that's good and that's right and you know that God we do get things out of the bible that God where God kind of winks at us or God gives us just what we need or you know that happens when when you give your best time to God. Uh, So anyway, I want to teach you a new song, and then we're going to close out with singing this and then one other oldie but a goodie. Um, And this is a song by John uh, Macmillan, uh, John Mark McMillan. He's the guy that wrote How He Loves, a great song that we sing. Uh, But it's called King of My Heart, and he says, Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. And then you sing over and over, you are good, good, oh, oh. You are good, good, oh, oh. There's something about music that just can reinforce, uh, you know, what we need. So as we're singing, you are good over and over again, it's just don't think about, oh, this is kind of repetitive. Think about, I want to meditate on how good God is. Because there's something about music that can just make truths go down deep. Uh, Somebody wrote this on my Facebook page. And uh, I'll share this with you, and then we'll stand and sing this song. It says, music can really have an impact. There is a conversation I just had with Elijah, who is only seven years old. So this is Sarah. Uh, I don't know Sarah, I don't think, but we're friends on Facebook. So anyway, <laughs> I might, I'm not sure. But anyway, she said, so it was hard to wake up this morning? Elijah, yeah. Sarah, but you got up anyway? Elijah, yeah. But I prayed first. Sarah, Oh, yeah, that was a good idea, and that helped you get up? Elijah, yeah, but I pray every day before I get up. Sarah, you do? That's really cool. Did Daddy teach you to do that? Elijah, no, I just decided to start doing it. Me, well, I think that's so great. Did someone give you the idea to do that? Elijah, well, you know that song we sing at church? I can't face a day without some time to pray. I sing this song to say I need your love. Uh, Sarah, yes, I do. That's a great song. Thank you, Jay Bryant Gray, for writing this song. You know, uh, that just warmed my heart. You know, but that's what music can do. It can put truths in your heart, and so I hope you take some time to pray every day. Amen. Well, let's stand, and uh, I'm going to teach you this song. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.